0: Don't wait until you graduate to live your best life. Let's start now. What's up and welcome to the College Life Podcast. It's Alicia here and today I am so excited because I actually collaborated with um, one of my friends, Lisa Beals, and she is the host and producer of Not Your College Life Podcast. And I am so excited to have her in um, As a collaborator on this project, we actually did a collaboration where we kind of interviewed each other a little bit and talked about the top three to five things that we think that students think that parents should know and that parents think that students should know. And when we're saying parents, we're talking about parents or guardians here. So super excited about this episode because it kind of just gives you a unique take on on things from the parent lens and I would be so curious to hear what your thoughts are about this Um, so let me know if you get any insights from this episode and it's going to be great also please make sure that you check Lisa's podcast out I will link it in the show notes and make sure that you share that with your parents too if they are you know questioning you a lot or having a lot of questions about the college experience that podcast would be a great place to refer them to so let's dive into the episode. This is a
1: joint podcast with Not Your College Life with Lisa Beals and my new friend. I'll let her introduce herself.
0: Yeah, uh, so great. I'm so excited to be here and to have this collaboration. I think it's so fun and really cool how it even just came about uh, but yeah my name's Alicia Sepulveda I'm um, I consider myself as the college life coach I've been coaching college students um, so kind of like a life coach for students over the past 10 years now I've worked one-on-one with over a thousand students and it's just been such a fun ride. And about three years ago, I started the podcast, the college life podcast, which is a podcast just for college students and those who work with them. So it's, it's really geared towards college students mostly, but uh, I have some friends who listen to it, who have just heard about the podcast, but they're, they're sharing it with their students, which is great. Um, yeah. And, I think this really came about because I um, actually follow Lisa on Instagram and I think it's been really hard to just meet people randomly during COVID. And I think that that is why I finally was like, I need to reach out to you because I really wanted to talk to you about what you do because it really resonated with me. When you think about the parent perspective um, of the college process and the college student, I think it's so critical. Um, And there's also a lot of room for improvement in all areas, I think, on the college higher ed side, on the student side, on the parent side, and everything in between. So um, yeah, I'm so excited to have this conversation today.
1: Super, super. And for those of you that follow Alicia and are new to me, I am a college administrator slash um, mom of college students. My kids are, are through school. I did the college thing myself and my journey is as a college admin, I realize that we make it more challenging than it should be for both students and parents to navigate what is higher ed. And um, I always say college should be hard. Navigating college should not be. It should be hard in the classroom. That's it. And so the my podcast actually, this is funny, I was thinking about this the last time Alicia and I talked, really the impetus that pushed me over the edge to actually do something, put something out there in the atmosphere was my son-in-law was working on his, um, he was going to get a second degree because his first degree did not lead to gainful employment. He had a four-year degree and he was trying to get into a really competitive program. And so he was taking some prereqs and then transferring them in And I was coaching him on all of the steps that are part of the transfer process and application process. And he would just come back to me, and he'd say, well, you know, they told me, they told me, they, the air quotes, they told me that it would be about three to four weeks before they could get my credit loaded. And the application deadline is in two weeks. So while you think you're doing a good job, and I would say, well, call them back and let them know that it's blah, blah, blah. And so we did this back and forth. And I just, I, I, I could feel my blood pressure rising and saying, you guys, I'm telling you how to do it. And they're like, but it's, it's not, they're not responding like that. Mm-hmm. And so I had to pick up the phone and call colleague to colleague to say, and it shouldn't be like that. And so I don't feel that I have the power and influence to change how post-secondary institutions choose to engage with students. So I thought I'm going to do what I can and I'm going to put information out there. I'm going to teach parents how to use the jargon and what I think they need to do to help their student get through the system with as little frustration as humanly possible. So that's where this podcast was born. And um, (laughs) I sat on the title for probably six months trying to figure out I I wanted something that was a little bit of a play on words, but also had a little tongue
0: in cheek to it. So that's why it's not your college life. Ah, Very much so. so. And that's, I mean, that really resonated with me. I was like, what does this mean? Uh And I was intrigued. And then that's kind of how we started connecting.
1: Super, super. So Alicia and I thought that it would be interesting since we are, um, sharing this on both our platforms, and we have very different audiences. Um, It would be really insightful, entertaining, choose your adjective, if she could share some things that every student wishes their parent knew. And I would share some things that every parent wished their student knew and or believed. Mm. Ooh, yeah, so good. (laughs) Okay, so um, I'll let you go first. Give me one and then we'll just yeah. do some back and forth.
0: Love it, love it. Okay, yeah. So my first one is super basic, but I feel like sometimes we forget the basics of things. Mm-hmm. So I will just start here. And okay. the first one is that every student really wishes, every child, I guess, <laughs> wishes that they could just be heard and, and that you would listen a little bit more. And I say that because a lot of times the students that I work with don't feel heard very often. I mean, not in their peer group, sometimes not in the classroom. They don't feel like they can even share their voice because there's so many insecurities or insecurities or self-doubts. And so I think a lot of times in the parents, like child interaction, especially at that age, there's some like there's a lot there (laughs) because you've been with them for so long, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You've raised them. They, they have, they're, they're older now. They can start making kind of their own decisions, but it's, I think that a lot of times like the parent has like an agenda that they're wanting their student to do. And it's usually out of like a really, really good place, right? They want their third child to be successful, to be happy, to be a, You know, a great citizen to be financially secure, to have all those amazing things and be healthy. Um, But it comes from like a, well, this is probably the best way for you to do it. And the student really doesn't have a voice in that Mm -hmm. as much as I think that they want. However, I think that also like, the student has a really hard time also sharing their voice. And so you have to really create that space because it doesn't just happen. I think having those really strong connections between a child and a parent mm-hmm. is so challenging already because mm-hmm. again, there's so much there. Yeah. Um, but, but I think that like, it's so hard for students in our one-on-one time to share their, their own story and to share their vulnerabilities. Mm-hmm. Like you give them a couple hours, like two meetings, they're sharing some of really intense struggles that they're, they're, they're going through mm-hmm. and they haven't shared it with anybody. And it is so wild that if you just spend some really intentional uh, time with another person, right? Like, and you're just trying to focus on hearing them, what comes out of those types of conversations?
1: So I think that's really insightful because what I hear as a parent is not necessarily student wanting to be heard, but more, I need to shut up and listen Mm
0: -hmm. as a parent. Mm -hmm.
1: And I think that is so insightful. And I think as a parent we spend so much time directing and telling you student what to do that we are not intentional and no one shows us how to be intentional to start to shift that dynamic to be less of a tell you what to do so you're safe and you're you know doing all the things you need to do it's 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 really difficult to shift that dynamic to be more of a listener and a coach and less of a directive and tell you what you need to do and Um, I, I find that really, really interesting because I have heard from several of my other mom friends that have just said, I I just need to ask a question Mm -hmm. with the intent to listen to the answer, not for, not for me to give them what I think the answer should be, but to actually ask a question and then listen. Mm -hmm. That was a really good one.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, I will also, I want to share a caveat that I'm not a parent. So I know that I'm kind of simplifying this too. Like, Oh, just listen, it's going to be fine. And that's yeah. not the case. Mm-hmm. And trust me, I mean, I have like, I have a parent and uh, two parents and you know, it's, it, it, I have my own kind of relationship, right? I think, mm-hmm. I think we all kind of have messed up relationships, but they're still really positive. Like my, my, my relationship with my parents are awesome. And there are things that I wish would have been different and mm-hmm. that's hindsight. Right? Mm-hmm. And also being a first generation student and, and not really knowing what questions to even ask, but, right. Right. but I think this, this space of, of having real conversations is really challenging for a lot of us. And mm-hmm. It's partially because of social media too. If it, depending oh, yeah. on how like your, you know, child grew up, or you know, when they had a cell phone, or when they were able to start engaging on social media, whether you knew it or not, right? And mm-hmm. it just it, it just impacts them in such a different oh, way. And I incredible. find they have yeah, yes. it has they have such a hard time making friends, like mm-hmm. students do, yeah. Um, just in general, this is outside of COVID times, mm-hmm. and and having really meaningful relationships, and. When they can have a meaningful relationship with a parent, like it just elevates that that conversation and and the impact that you can have on your mm-hmm. child too uh, in their life, just so much yeah. more. Yeah, but it's just I, hard to do.
1: I think that as a parent, I would say that burden lies with the parent to start that process. Mm. And if you're a student and you you can't share this episode with your parent or your student and you don't know how to get your parent to understand that, then I would say, reach out to someone, a trusted friend, another adult, a mentor, a coach and say, how can I start having this conversation with my parent? Because, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it starts, it starts somewhere and, you know, you could be the next generation to, um, bridge that gap between parent and child a little bit better than the last generation. And I think when you become a parent, that's what you want. That's your goal, right? Is Mm -hmm. to give your kids a better quote, better life than what you thought you had. So,
0: and like the flip side of this too, is, is correct as well. Like, I think as a parent, you kind of have to start it and like lead that effort, Mm -hmm. but the student also has to, or your child has to also show up right. And, mm-hmm. and be willing to be vulnerable. And it might not happen at first or, yeah. like you know, right. for, for a while, but yeah. just being there and consistently saying, like, Hey, I'm here if you want to talk or mm-hmm. because it might not happen the seventh time. It might not happen the 10th time that you do it, exactly. but that 11th time it's, it, it could it be, it. be so powerful. Yes. And yeah. it'll
1: completely change your relationship. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm going to put mine a little bit in different order based on how you started, because I think uh, this one will go a little bit better later. But to that end, the one of the things that I feel like as a parent are and I say this over and over when I have interacted with students who have come to me at work and have had a really awful semester and you know, we have this conversation. Well, why didn't you reach out for help? Why didn't you let your parents know you're struggling? they're like, well, I I didn't want to disappoint them. I didn't want to, you know, they have this whole story playing in their head about how they're going to disappoint their parents and how they just are not living up to expectations. And I look at them and I've had this conversations with parents in the room and I've looked at the student and I've said, I promise you, your mom, your dad, the primary thing they want for you is your happiness. And the parents are just over there. Just yes, yes, that's right. I just want you to be happy. And I don't know until you're a parent. I don't know that as a, as a child or student, I don't know that you truly comprehend that that doesn't necessarily come with all the strings that you as the child think it comes with. Now that was, I know there's always, exclusions to that, right? There are some people that don't have the same genuine care and concern for their child. There's always the outliers, but I would say a great portion of children out there, their parents' number one wish for them is their own child's happiness by that child's definition, not the parent's definition.
0: Yeah. And where do you think that gets lost? Because I see that all the time where students have so much pressure on them. And I think it it doesn't just come from parents. This is a -hmm. larger issue for sure. Mm -hmm. But I think it's kind of reinforced in some ways they're getting some kind of message specifically from their parents about what they are supposed to do Mm -hmm. or what is going to be what they think their parents think is going to be best mm-hmm. for them. Right, right. And they embody that so much. But then if mm-hmm. they have a conversation about it, a real conversation, not this like quick conversation, I think it does change the conversation mm-hmm. yes. shifts. Yes. So how do we make that happen?
1: Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. Just conversation. <laughs> right. I don't think we're having a Nash intentional conversation parent to child. I think yeah. it I think because you have to be intentional, right? And you've got to build in time for that. And we are all living such very busy lives. Um, the moms that I would have loved to have emulated when my kids were younger were very intentional about sitting down and okay, this is family meeting time or this is we're gonna sit down and we're gonna talk about this and I want you to share your thought. And she was very intentional in having those you know, we're going to look each other in the eye and we're going to have mm. some real conversations and I'm going to be honest with you and you're not going to always like everything I have to say and I'm going to expect the same from you and you just know that I'm not always going to like or agree with everything that you're going to tell me. But that's part of having a relationship. So, mm. um yeah, I think it's being very intentional in scheduling those and it, it seems you know, you watch the homework movie and that's not life, right? Life is messy. Life is ugly. And not every conversation is going to end with a hug. Some of those honest conversations may be, okay, um, I can't bend to where you want to go. You're not going to bend to where I want to go. So we're going to have to put a pin in this for now and maybe come back to this and know that that doesn't that doesn't detract from how much we love each other.
0: Mm.
1: That's a hard piece too that's a hard yeah. piece too.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's good. Awesome. Well, I think you probably have some, I I would say um, ideas around this uh, uh, for the kind of next one that I have, but really um, being okay with mental health. I'm curious from a parent's perspective, what you think, but a lot of the students that I work with, it's, I mean, I guess it's on a spectrum. You mm-hmm. have the mm-hmm. parents who have had their child in therapy for years and mm-hmm. they are, they've, you know, they've, uh, also, you know, gotten medication, just ha- had a lot of support around mental health, and so students are able to talk about it and that kind of thing. Um, and then the other piece here is where students have a really crappy semester or two, and their mental health is impacting their academics. Their mental health is impacting their daily functioning, getting out of bed, their anxiety, their interactions with their friends, their, uh, everything, and they're constantly having to battle staying in school with this mental health mm-hmm. um, thing that's happening and, and having to grapple with, well, I have to stay in school because of my parents, or I have to stay in school because of what there, there are Fill other in the blank. Right. Do. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's, again, and it kind of goes along with this disappointing of parents too. Um, they don't want to like students don't want to disappoint you. And I think parents are always, like want happiness for their child and it's like this That's weird it. thing. Yes. That it's like this dichotomy that we but but, but it it's like not connecting for some reason mm-hmm. even though it's the same it's really the same thing. So anyway, I think around mental health and having more conversations around mental health um mm-hmm. if you haven't had those yet and and I don't think that this is the case for most parents or all parents but I think there are still some parents out there who are really having a hard time with wait, you have ADHD. We would have found that a long time ago. That's actually not the case always. No. So no. being open to what might happen as a result of your, your child leaving and and going to college and tra- and making this transition. That is so,
1: you would think you guys, we did not plan these ahead of time, but that ties really well into my number two as yes. well, which okay. was a parent- never wants to see their child suffer and I think whether it's financially academically with their friends with their roommate with mental health and that is a big one that is a huge one especially in today's world you hear that the anxiety and depression has gone up especially with the isolation now that's not to say that some kids haven't figured it out I've seen even extreme introverts figure out how to find some meaningful connections but it takes them being vulnerable and putting themselves out there and yeah. being creative um but from a parent perspective i think part of the the issue with talking about mental health is um there is there there's a stigma it's getting better Um, I know that our international friends probably struggle with this more because there are some cultures where they do not believe that that is a true chemical imbalance in your brain that needs treated. They think it's a sign of weakness or whatever. And so those kids, my heart really goes out for those kids that are from those cultures that don't recognize it because, um, those are the ones that I end up seeing the notice that they've taken their own lives because they just have nowhere else to turn. And, Mm. and I, it, my heart grieves for those mothers because in many cases I've witnessed moms realize there's really something real going on and try and want to get help, but they're, they don't have the power or the autonomy to be able to do that on behalf of their student. Um, I think the other piece is um, not lack of awareness, but understanding. And so if I don't know how to fix it, if I just pretend it's not there, maybe Mm -hmm. it'll just go away. Mm -hmm. So because I don't have the power to control or fix it for my kid, because that's the one thing I wanna do, right? As soon as I hear that you're suffering, that's the first thing I'm going to do is okay, how do I fix it what what what's going on? okay, let me tell you you're gonna do this you're gonna do this you're gonna and that's not necessarily how it works. And so for a parent, there's a lot of their own mind work that they've got to do before even having that conversation with their student about their mental health and I think, I don't care how well adjusted do you think your student, your child is today. I think to your point, I think every parent needs to take some time. A parent to child one-on-one, whether it's driving in the car, going to the grocery, or, you know, while you're binge watching your next series during the commercials or whatever. So, you know, I, I've heard a lot of kids are really struggling with depression and anxiety. How, how do you think you're doing? How, how are you handling it? and then shut up. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And like you said, they may not open up right away, but ask them again, not relentless, but just on occasion, come back to it and let them know that it's okay for them to share with you that you're struggling and that that you don't have to be the one to fix it. You just Mm -hmm. need to hear and validate that has to be hard. I can't imagine. I can't imagine how tough it is what can yeah. what do you want to do about it is there anything i can do to help yeah so i think that was a great one
0: yeah yeah and just you know i think it kind of goes back to this open minded i think we send our kids to college because we want them to learn and we want <laughs> them to you know be successful and all those things and really it's like learning and and i think both parties need to be open-minded and learning, right. (laughs) And these conversations and being open to trying, trying new things. Um, and, and again, I think that there's so many caveats here because we know that there are like parents who are, are, you know, have, there's trauma and there's mm. like a lot of things lot happening. A lot of baggage, yes. Yes, that that we have to be really mindful of in these conversations. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's not worth it to have these conversations. I don't think these are the parents that we're talking about. No. <laughs> but, right. but exactly. like the parents yes. are listening here. But um, who knows? Maybe. But um, but yeah, it's it's like how can we both look or all of us, <laughs> myself included, look inward to say, why am I having such a strong reaction to this negative Mm -hmm. or positive, you know? And what, what's happening with my own mental health? What's happening? Like, why am I feeling so strongly about this one way or another? Or I I don't know, just to examine it and reflect Mm -hmm. on that. Um, Because again, especially even how I grew up, mental health was not talked about Mm -hmm. until post-college for me personally. I, I didn't. Yeah. And I mean, I talked to a friend with with anxiety and she was sharing some of her experiences and she shared that, like, I, she just shared something that I was like, oh my gosh, you too? Like I experience that all the time, you oh. know, and I never really made the connection that I might have anxiety. And then once I was able to see that and even just like name it for myself, that, and exploring that a little bit more Mm -hmm. I reflected and I was like oh my gosh Mm -hmm. and even looking at my mom and how she's experiencing the world and how she is very anxious and I never really like noticed it
1: you didn't recognize that's what it
0: was yeah yeah Yeah, but like Mm -hmm. I and we've we've had some conversations but they haven't been like really impactful or like really deep I think Mm -hmm. um anyway but yeah. I just think with mental health, it's so hard because we all have mental health and a good and like, it's like, it fluctuates and it. Sometimes we're yeah. doing really well. And sometimes we're struggling and we just don't really talk about it as much as we should, wh- whether it's a diagnosis or it's just taking care of ourselves. And what does that mean? What does that look like? And mm-hmm. I think too, a lot of kids grow up around parents who like, maybe don't do self-care, right. Or mm-hmm. Didn't whatever, set a good example. Yes. Whatever that yes. means. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and whether that was ever talked about, mm-hmm. but it's the observation of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Very, and very I, true. Yeah. Yeah. If I grow up seeing my mom stressed out all the time and going from one thing to another and like, not really like taking a second to breathe and, and that kind of thing mm-hmm. going, 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 it can be easy for me to just say that that's how the world is and that's how the world should be. That's how I should be. And so, Again, there's a lot there, but mental health isn't just, I, I feel like it's kind of like, oh my gosh, you're way over here and you have this diagnosis and you need medication all the way to like, it doesn't exist. And there's so much more of us that spectrum. are in, yes. Yes, yes. that are like in this huge chunk. There's like probably 80, 90% of us, right. Mm-hmm. Who are in this space who are sometimes struggling and sometimes doing really well. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Life is 50, 50. And so you can't recognize the good unless you get to experience the bad. And it's what you choose to, the story you choose to tell yourself about what those bad experiences, bad feelings are. And I would challenge any student that if you need mental health assistance, whether it's you feel like you need therapy, medication, whatever, you don't need your parents permission Mm -hmm. to get that. If nothing else, that would be a great lesson for you to realize that, um, self-advocacy is a great thing to have,
0: which I think we should get into for sure. Next, maybe, I don't know, but yes, (laughs) yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Do that.
1: (laughs) Yes, you you do not need my permission. You do not need my money. You can find, there are resources, especially if you're in college, there are resources that are there to help you with whatever mental health struggle you're going through. And it doesn't have to be, like Alicia said, it doesn't have to be, I'm suicidal. It could be anywhere in between where it's just, it's affecting how you're looking at life from day to day.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, so good. Good one. <laughs> okay. Number three. What do you got? Okay. Um, okay. I am going to talk about decision-making and what that can, what that looks like. So I think your child wants you to make that decision for them. However, that's like on the surface they want that because they don't want to really think about it because if they don't have to make that decision number 1 it's a lot le- it's a lot easier because they don't have to oh weigh this or that or whatever um, and then the other piece is that they don't disappoint you and they're going along with it and
1: if it's wrong it's, it's your fault <laughs> it's
0: not exactly it's ownership um, and so what they really want is for you to help them make the decision without telling them what to do so I think about this with deciding to maybe not go back to, to college for a semester. Hey, I need to take care of my mental health. I want to go work for six months. I want to do this really cool internship that, you know, I have to be completely away from college. It's not going to earn me college credit. Like, you know, Oh my gosh, I take, you know, I'm taking time away off from college, but that's actually a really amazing opportunity potentially, right. Mm -hmm. For, for your student. Um, So, Okay, instead of saying, well, that's a horrible idea, or like, that's a great idea. It's like, okay, well, what do you need to make this decision and asking those questions and being curious, like, how might this help you in the future? How might this hurt you in the future? Um, You know, what is drawing you to this decision, like those types of things, and you can kind of notice in your child, I, I really feel like, especially as a parent, you notice the energy in that in your child of like yes this is so uh, amazing exciting you haven't seen them this excited in so long about something they're curious they're they're just so drawn to this and it, as you hear them talk again go, going back to listening as you're listening to them really talk really paying attention to that energy and and why it's why they are being drawn to this opportunity or this this thing that doesn't really align with what you thought so anytime you're kind of noticing um, that you're kind of like, oh, like I don't think that's a good idea, <laughs> right? Because I feel like we all have that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, interrogating that with your child of like, like, tell me more about this. I, I want to learn more, and not like a, tell me more about this. You know, like really trying mm-hmm. to be more, <laughs> more engaged and curious because you don't want them to be defensive because then it's going to be really hard for you to help them make that decision. But. Um, you know, you can offer advice, you can offer other things to consider, but then like allowing them to make that decision and letting them know that you're going to support them um, again, if, as long as they's not, they're not going to like hurt themselves, but, or somebody else, but, mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, right. um, I think that decision-making process, not the decision in and of itself.
1: Mm-hmm. I think you gave a a lot of good nuggets in there. And I don't even know if you recognize this, Alicia, but a lot of what you said that I think parents really need to hear is asking questions. I would, I I would restrain from giving my thoughts and my advice unless specifically asked for it. But Mm -hmm. I think the more questions you ask, forces your student to really look inside to understand, okay, why do I want this? What is good about it? What is bad about it? Um, And they'll uncover a lot just by you ask, continuing to ask questions. And again, I think that changes that parent-child dynamic a little bit. And it further shifts you from, I'm going to tell you what to do because I know best, um, to I don't want to say peer to peer because you're never going to be peers with your parent, but it will shift that relationship more adult to adult, right? Mm-hmm. You are going to garner more respect from your parent in how you choose to engage them in these questions that they ask. And I know some some kids are going to be like, oh my God, my mom's asking me questions. It's she's so nosy, right? When they come home for school, you want to know all the things. So you're, who are your friends and what are you guys doing? And it just can be exhausting, from a child, to have a parent who's just so interested in everything. So parents, a little restraint, read your audience. If you're getting the eye roll, maybe that's not the time to have the conversation. So maybe you schedule time when they're in a better frame of mind. But I think that was really, really good piece of advice. So this is funny. You want to hear the other one I wanted to share? And I asked so many parents this. It was when will my student realize that I'm almost always right? Mm. And again, this is probably for the, you know, the, the middle 60%, right? There's, there's 20% on each extreme, but through the middle 60%, I'm going to, I'm here to tell you, my mom is almost always right, you guys. And I remember at that point growing up where I would, I would be living through something and, I would hear my mom's words and like, he's no good for you, or they're going to get you in trouble. And I'm like, Oh my God, she was right. How, how? And so I will time to time say that to my daughters and I will have my daughters come back and say, I know you told me this was (laughs) going (laughs) to happen. But yes. So tongue in cheek, parents, kids, your moms are almost always right. Um, but I think the lesson for us moms is, you don't have to tell them every time. You can let them come to that realization just by using that tactic that Alicia described with asking questions. Just ask questions. Because they're your child that you raised, so trust trust in the job that you did, that they're gonna find the right answer. And the right answer that's right for them, not necessarily what you would like to see them do.
0: Yeah. And this is goes a lot along a lot with research around coaching and research around um, decision making and, and uh specifically about you uh if you come up with an idea yourself or you think that you come up with an idea yourself, you are more likely to follow through on yes. that thing. Yes. And so that is why you know we want you to ask more questions too, mm-hmm. right? as mm-hmm. as from a student perspective is like yeah and then again it goes along with that ownership piece too of mm-hmm. i can own my own decisions now yes. and i can start feeling more confident about my mm-hmm. decision making abilities which is so critical right now uh, yes. especially but like in, in any kind of job you know if i'm an indes- if i am in indecision I'm, I'm struggling, right? I'm grappling and You're stuck. I have to make the yeah. decision, yes, right. to move forward, whether mm-hmm. it's, and usually it's not usually a right or wrong. It's usually like a better, best, not, maybe not so great situation, <laughs> right? Like there, there's like yes. way more options in there. Yes.
1: I have learned one thing that has really um, become very clear to me is clarity comes with action, mm-hmm. Right. And you just, you can't sit with indecision and learn anything. You have to make a choice, good, bad, or indifferent, and that will inform you. And, it's, and then it's not letting yourself beat yourself up if it didn't turn out like you wanted it to. Okay, that's information. Let's try something else next time. So um, yes, clarity comes from action. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: I also wanted to share a story. This like just came up uh, in something that you said, and it really resonated with me um, or it just kind of brought about this memory that I had, but this was like after college actually for me and my parents, or my mom and I were having a conversation. She was like telling me, you know, what to do or what not to do. I don't remember <laughs> like, well, that doesn't sound like a great idea or whatever it is, <laughs> you know? And I told, I had to tell my mom and this was so powerful for me. And it, I think it just brought about our relationship in such a sh- strong way. I, I would be curious to now hear her, persp- her, her perspective, but I told, I, I like, I told her, I said, mom, I really value your advice. I really value your um, I don't think I said wisdom, but I think it is wisdom. (laughs) I think Mm -hmm. I just said your, um, your perspective, uh, like what you have to say. And I always want you to give that to me because I do welcome that personally. Mm -hmm. So I had that conversation. I said, I always want you to give me your, your thoughts on my decisions. Great. But I am at a place where, I value your thoughts so much, which is why I'm asking for them. And sometimes I'm going to go along with that. And sometimes I'm not, but I'm going to do it intentionally, not because of you, but because of what I think is best for me. And that powerful conversation was so powerful for me because I was like, holy crap, I'm able to differentiate now what I think is best for me, despite what my mother thinks is best. Right. Which is so powerful. And again, She has a lot of wisdom and she has no idea what my experiences are because our worlds are so different right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But I still super value her experience, her like experience, her expertise and, Mm -hmm. and who she is because of her values. And, and I also, I told her, you know, trust How you raised me. Yes. Like you raised me well. And I tell Mm -hmm. her that. I'm like, you raised me so well. Like, see how good I am. (laughs) Or how like not good, but yes. No, that's so true. Yes. So trust that I am going to think through my decisions before I take action. Um, and do the best that I can and and that kind of thing. Anyway, so uh I, I that just, was great. That was it, great. It was so powerful for me as a as a child to say mm-hmm. that to a parent, which I I'm not sure I would recommend always, but if you have that relationship to kind of have that conversation of what that what does that look like, um, what kind of advice do you want or need in, the, in different situations.
1: I think it was great though that you said you were making your decision, not in spite of, but it was intentional. Now I will tell you because you're a first gen. Mm -hmm. I'm also a first gen. I had a similar conversation with my um, mother who she was being incredibly vulnerable. And we did this on the phone, which I would not recommend. We should have done it face to face, but she's a crier and I have inherited to some degree, I've gotten a little bit better with that. But when I get really emotional, the tears just come and, and, you know, if I'm mad, it just makes me even madder. Um, But she and I were having this conversation about something completely unrelated And in a moment that she is not normally this vulnerable, she shared that because I have my credential, right? I finished college that I make her feel stupid. Mm -hmm. She didn't go to college. She didn't have that opportunity. She was in that generation, you know, women stayed at home she was, she was lucky. She married a man that actually encouraged her to do whatever made her happy and get a job out of the home. Her mother was not that fortunate. My grandmother had to stay at home. She had to prepare the meals, raise the kids. She could never wear a dress or she could never wear pants. And, you know, it was, you know, um, you're under my thumb. And when she shared that with me in the moment, I thought, well, she's just, she's just being flippant. And then I, no, she genuinely means that. And I actually, I probably could have said it in a more compassionate way, but I had to respond to her and say, I am sorry you feel that way. Just because I have a college degree doesn't mean I'm smarter than you. You raised a very headstrong, independent woman. This is the effect of that. (laughs) And, and I, Oh, that's because of you. So if you weren't the person that you are, I wouldn't be who I am today. Mm -hmm. So I just think from a, from a, from a child to parent, be sensitive with the story that your parents are telling themselves about you who now may be, you know, quote out learning them out, making them in money, right. What that does to their own psyche. As much as we say, we want you to have a better life that's going to mess with a parent's head for their child to make more money, to have more degrees than they are, to more influence than they have. When my whole life has been about taking care of you and making sure you have everything you need, have that tables turn. So oh, I think you yes. had, I think that was a great conversation you had with your mom and that I think it's kind of ironic that I had a similar
0: conversation yeah, with mine. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's more there, but I feel like it's not necessarily relevant to here, to this conversation. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. What else you got? Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to just have this conversation really, um, around careers and influence of parents on careers. Mm-hmm. Um, all parents, regardless of whether or not you explicitly had this conversation, your kids think that you want them to do something specific.
1: <laughs> yes. Whether that
0: is true or not. It doesn't matter. It's
1: playing in their brain.
0: Yes. And, and I think that there's, there's a lot of other influences again here. So I would ask, so I don't think students necessarily want their parents to do this, but I see this as like a gap. Um, it's like, I talk to students all day and then every now and then I'll have this parent interaction and there's definitely some disconnect that I see. And, and maybe there, maybe it's not. And I, I, because of like a but I think it is anyway. Okay. So I would ask that every parent reflect on the messages that they think that they've sent to their kids about what success looks like. Um, I think most parents, like we talked about earlier, they want their child to be happy, healthy. They want them to be safe. They don't want them, like you said, to suffer like, Oh, that, that word resonated with me a lot Mm -hmm. right now, especially Um, they want them to be financially independent so they can do their own thing. And like, You know, don't have to depend on them anymore. Not like in a bad way. I think Mm -hmm. that's actually a really positive thing. Um, And that means that if they can be an artist and do all those things, let them be an artist. And I think right now, especially with the internets, there are so many cool jobs you can get now that you can create yourself. Um, And if they can do that in college and really cultivate that, they actually could leave college without ever having to apply for a job now, because there are so many resources around building a business, even around art, even around music. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, is just reflect as a parent, reflect on what messages that you have sent your child and maybe even ask them, like, what do you think that I, that I'm encouraging you to do like academically yes. or major wise, or yeah. you may already know this probably, but um, yeah. really being intentional about what that means and why do you feel that way? Yeah, that's a,
1: that's great advice. Cause you're, you're right. There is some unspoken and I have heard stories about kids hearing one comment when they were eight
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: hanging that their hat on that one. And from a parent perspective, it was a off the cuff. I didn't give it much thought comment, but man, that kid has just set their entire future on that comment. So, um, I would say, yes, as a parent, I would challenge you have that conversation with your student. What do you think my expectations are for you for career choice? For major choice. Because Alicia, you are so right. Because of the internet, the world is such a small place. And even folks in the arts or the humanities, where, you know, even two years ago, people would be like turning their nose up at an English or a history major. What are you going to do with that? There's so much that you can do. I mean, for, okay, let's be real. There are children. That are making millions on YouTube, playing games, <laughs> unwrapping presents. So there's there's no argument that the major choice that your student is picking is going to lead them to live in your basement forever. Mm-hmm. It's, it's no there's no validity. I have seen people graduate with um, engineering degrees and they're going to be living in their parents' basement just because of the person that they are and the manipulation that they choose to play on the parent and their guilds to let them continue to live in their basements so
0: yeah or even like i have so many students who are pursuing a major that they that does not make them happy at all the data every single day for four freaking years then they're going to get a job in that career field and be unhappy because they're trying to make you happy which in, as a result makes them unhappy and again it's not, what not what they what want nobody wants that it's like this ridiculous thing and i see it all the freaking <laughs> time with students yeah. and and y'all so many of our students and our, our like your kids want to make a difference in this world. If they want to make a difference in this world, please cultivate that however it is yes. because we need everybody. We need everybody to make a difference in this world because we have a lot of problems that we, I think we actually can solve and mm-hmm. figure out ways to, to, you know, they just make a need
1: in. your permission yes. for Them to find what that is. Yeah. If, uh, is it Elizabeth Gilbert? Everybody's got magic inside of them. It's allowing them to tap into that and giving them permission, not just permission, but letting them know it's their responsibility to share that magic with the world. Mm-hmm. Responsibility to share that with the world. And if you as a parent are listening and you, this is resonating with you because this is the life that you lived, you chose the major that your parents chose. Mm-hmm. Imagine how different your life might have been. If you had been encouraged to follow your dream, don't you or want that absolutely. for your yes? Oh, absolutely. Like, come on, I, you can still do it. Not too it. late. Yes. Okay.
0: It's never too late. And how inspiring, how inspiring would that be for your child if you changed careers intentionally because you wanted to make a bigger difference, because yes. you wanted to start this foundation or whatever it is. Like, yes. oh my gosh, that's so inspiring to me. And I'm not even your kid. So
1: go for it. Go <laughs> <Yeah>. for it.
0: <laughs> um There was something else here though, around, um, it's around question going, kind of going back, looping back to the questions. I think, you know, if somebody wants to major in history, let's say, instead of asking the question, what are you going to do with that? Ask the same question, but differently. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do with that?
1: See how different, completely different question now.
0: Yes. Yes. And I think there's so much judgment in that first question Mm -hmm. versus in the second question, it's that curiosity piece. And like how much different mm-hmm. can you experience the world if you live in that lens? And there are so many opportunities on college. This is part of my main message. I feel like I have to share it. There are so many amazing opportunities on your college campus as a student that you can take advantage of. And so as a parent from a parent lens, it's like, how can you cultivate and excite students and help them match the energy of their excitement around history or English or some random major that doesn't feel like it's going to help you be successful or whatever it is. Like, how can you ask like, Oh, what are some cool things that you could do on campus that would help you figure out what you want to do around history or, and just asking those questions because there are so many cool things that you can do even around history. Like, it's so wild. So just encourage your, your child to do those things. (laughs) And if your child says,
1: I don't know, Hmm. then the next question is, well, how can you find out? Mm -hmm. Because that's one thing I know Alicia and I talked, there are so many untapped resources on every college campus, just because we all live in our little lanes. We don't know that we need something else. Um, I know for me personally, I had a child with a disability and it never, I never realized the benefit of ramps until I'm pushing a wheelchair around. I never realized the, um, the, the ease that those disabled buttons for doors were until I had a three-year-old in one hand and wheelchair in the other and a backpack and the freaking door wouldn't open because the button was broken. And so, you know, my child is, is, uh, he earned his wings several years ago, but when I'm when I go to different places, I'll push that button. And I'll go and people will be like, well, you're not disabled. No, I'm not disabled. But if that button doesn't work, I'm going to go tell mm-hmm. someone in charge that that's a problem because wow. I don't want that mom that needs eight arms to struggle getting through that door. And so until it's affecting you personally, you don't know, you don't pay attention to those wow. things. So, um, you know, just encourage, ask the questions. If they don't know the answer, you know, they can figure it out. Just ask them, mm-hmm. how you know, how are you going to figure it out?
0: Yeah, that is so true. One thing that I think every student is right now is resourceful.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Like they know how to Google like so much. There is <laughs> so. nothing
1: you can't learn on the internet. Well, but you just you gotta, yeah, you just got to, then you got to assess what's the right way. What, 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 what way can I make it work? Yeah. So, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So if you guys don't already know, go check Alicia out. So, the College Life Podcast. The College Life Podcast. That's good. College Life Podcast. So give it a listen, share some episodes with your student. They may find it uh, helpful as well. And um, if you're a friend of Alicia's and you have a parent that you think could benefit from some information, you can share my podcast with them as well. I would really appreciate it. Love it. All right, you guys. Take care. We'll see you again soon.